thank you for your giving. I mean, we uh, normally don't do this, but let's stand as we confess before the word of God today. Let's get a little active and moving this morning. So with your Bibles in your hands, or if you don't have your Bible, you can just raise your hand if you desire. Would you just repeat after me and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our, uh, we confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me your word. Come on and make some noise this morning. Praise God. You may take your seats. Take your seats with expectation this morning. That God is going to give you something. We talked about it at length on yes uh, last week. How I am here to just deliver the message. I am not necessarily anything special. I am your pastor, your leader. But it is God that is feeding you. And so... Always remember, you're sitting down at a master meal to eat from the master's table. And I'm just the waiter delivering what it is, what you ordered. So today we're going to discuss this topic, uh, darkness, darkness. And I uh, just this word jumped out to me. Today, uh, as I was doing something early this morning, the word darkness just kind of jumped out to me and I began to kind of process it. And I knew immediately that I was supposed to preach from this topic. It is what we would call a topical message. We will go to several verses, but that the idea of darkness just kind of stuck with me. But it was something that was a little bit different in the way I normally see it. So the first thing I'm going to do is bring up a definition of darkness. And it's two definitions. Uh, one, the partial or total absence of light. Number two, wickedness, evil, unhappiness, distress, or gloom. Number two is normally what I think of when I think of darkness. I think of wickedness, think of evil unhappiness, distress, or gloom, but it was the first definition that actually grabbed my attention. It said the partial or total absence of light. Now, I understand how the total absence of light brings darkness, but it was the partial absence of light that made me actually think because in some cases, darkness is actually good as long as it's, it's Partial. For example, one of the things I thought of was sunglasses. When you're driving and the light is right in your eyes, if you can just grab some shades to partially block the light, it actually is a good form of darkness. So darkness is not all the way bad. Me being a person who works the midnight shift and I have to go to sleep in the daytime, I need some partial darkness. I got these shades in my room that try to block the sunlight out. I like it that way so that I can get some rest. So not all darkness is bad. And so I wonder in our own personal lives, is it a possibility that not all the darkness in your life is a bad thing? Maybe it's a possibility that sometimes the partial darkness plays a role in your life. And sometimes you can learn actually from the darkness. 
You can draw strength from the darkness. And so that's the idea that we're walking with this morning is that how can we handle darkness in our lives and how do we process the darkness that is totally dark and how do we process the partial darkness and figure out there's a possibility that even when it's dark, God is yet in my life. So the first thing we're going to do is go to Genesis 1, 1 through 5, the New Living Translation. And before you bring it up, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to do that is because there's something, and I've talked about it uh, at length before in times past, but I'll reference it again. It's something called the Law of First Mention. And what the law first mentioned is the first time something is mentioned in scripture, it gives you a clue of how God views it throughout scripture. So most of the times you're going to find the law first mentioned in Genesis because that's the beginning of the Bible. And so I want to figure out what can we see in the beginning, something that we all know, we've all heard. But is there something that we can pick up on? So let's start at the beginning of beginnings. Genesis 1-1. Would you start there, Mother Mitchell? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, we understand that. We get that. Let's look at verse 2. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And so we, we see a lot, but as I lift out darkness specifically... The first time we see darkness mentioned is very early on in the scriptures. It's verse 2. But what we also see is, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. So the first thing that I learned, the first thing that I pick up, is that even though darkness was present, God was still there. And many times, darkness presents itself as if there is no alternative. That it's so dark that God can't be here. But the law of first mention says that the first time we ever saw darkness, God was still present. So there's a possibility that darkness, the darkness that you face is only partial. It's not absolute. It's, it's only just a beginning. It's not the end. In other words, when you look at a movie and the movie starts off negative, what the reason why people keep watching is because the movie's not over yet. It's a possibility when you get to the end of the movie, things may turn and they may change for the better. So you keep watching. So I want to submit to you, it's a possibility that the darkness in your life is not the end of the storm. It's a possibility that the bleakness that you see right now is just a blip in the story, but it's not the end of the story. It's a possibility that even though it's dark, God is still somewhere. Let's look at verses 3 through 4. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. It's a possibility not only that God is there when it's dark, but that God is going to speak into the darkness. Not just any darkness, but your darkness, your personal darkness. It's a possibility that God is going to speak. And when he spoke, he said, let there be light, which actually in the Hebrew is light. Be. In other words, there's light somewhere, so I'm commanding the light to come out of the darkness. It's a possibility that in your dark situation, there's light somewhere, and God is commanding the light to move out of the darkness. Let's look at the final verse we have in this section, verse 5. God called the light day and the darkness night, and evening passed and morning came. Marking the first day. So he separated the light from the darkness and he called one morning or day and one evening or night. So actually he repurposed the darkness. 
So it's a possibility. Let me say it again. It's a possibility. Not only is he present in your darkness, he can speak to your darkness and he can repurpose your darkness so that the darkness now has purpose in your life. Now, because it's dark, there's no way you can see that. And I'm not asking you to see that. All I'm asking you is to not give up in the middle of the movie. All I'm asking you is not to walk out the door in the middle of the movie. You might as well grab some popcorn and keep watching how this thing plays out. Because it's a possibility I might come out on the top even though I'm down right now. So the first thing I want to submit to you about darkness is number one, point number one, God controls the darkness. So we're not talking about any kind of darkness, but we're talking about a darkness that God can control. And so even though I may not like it, if I know he's in control, it gives me hope to outlast the darkness. Somebody say outlast the darkness. All right, let's go to Exodus 10, 21 through 23. Then the Lord said to Moses, lift your hand toward heaven and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick you can feel it. Mm. Uh, let me let me pause and say something about that. It's it's one thing. OK, l- l- let's let's play this as if I'm talking back to me as the speaker. I just told you to uh, not give up in the middle of the movie. But what if you come back and say, but yeah, the darkness I'm in is so thick, you can feel it. In other words, I'm not in just any kind of darkness. I'm in a different kind of darkness. But here in this scripture, read that verse again, verse 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, lift your hand toward heaven and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick, you can feel it. One thing that kind of throws me is that God told Moses to lift his hand toward heaven. And then darkness was coming as almost as if the darkness is coming from the heavens. Let's read verse uh, 22. So Moses lifted his hand to the sky and a deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt for three days. Okay. Verse 23. During all that time, the people could not see each other and no one moved. But there was a light as usual where the people of Israel lived. Ah, hold, hold on. So so God does say, listen, listen, lift your hands to the sky and bring darkness down. So this is what I'm trying to get you to understand. There is a darkness that the devil will bring into your life or try to bring into your life. But God says, lift your hands to heaven and I'll bring a darkness that will outdark the darkness. In other words, not only can I repurpose the darkness that the devil is trying to throw in your life, I can have you pray to me and I'll bring something so dark that the one that's trying to darken you gets lost trying to darken you. And the only place that light will be will be in my presence. And so that brings me to point number two, God covers with darkness. And so even though things are dark for you, the reason why I need you to wait just a little bit longer is because it's a possibility that God's going to cover the darkness with darkness. He's going to cover the darkness of the enemy with a darkness of his own. Because his thing we often forget when we're dealing with the devil, the devil is not a creator. He has never created anything in his life. He can only pervert. He can only take what's been created and twist it. That's where we get the word wicked or wicker, like wicked furniture is twisted. The devil can only twist. He can't create. So if he's doing something in your life, he's only twisting something God has already done. So God will say, I'm going to untwist the twist and I'm going to fix the fixer and I'm going to show you I'm still in control. And so what I need you to understand, I control the darkness, but I also cover with darkness. And so folk are laughing at you because they're wicked and they're talking about you because they're wicked and they're lying on you. 
you because they're wicked and, and, and they, they got rumors about you because they're wicked. But God says, just wait long enough. I'm going to make stuff so dark that the folk laughing at you going to need your help to find their way out. They're going to call you and say, will you pray for me? Yeah, the same folk that laughed at you will now want you to pray for them because God will darken their darkness with a greater darkness. So God darkened my enemy, cover my enemy. While my enemy is trying to cover me, I need you to cover my enemy. I need you to drown out my enemy. I need you to push him out of my life. That doesn't happen overnight because that ugly joker, the devil, he's persistent and he stays in your face. But here's the thing I need you to understand. You might as well fight back with everything you got until you can say God is still on my side. All right, so let's move on. Let's move Deuteronomy. So I'm actually going from just the first references we see in the Bible to the early uh, books. Deuteronomy 5, 23 through 24. But when you heard the voice from the heart of the darkness, while the mountain was blazing with fire, all your tribal leaders and elders came to me. All right, so I'm, I'm jumping around and I'm not giving the full context, but in verse 24, I'll try to put it together for us. Let's look at verse 24. They said, look. The Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice from the heart of the fire. Today we have seen that God can speak to us humans, and yet we live. So this is after the children of Israel have come across the Red Sea. They've come out of Egypt, and God has already thrown darkness onto the Egyptians and kind of uh, uh, thrown them for a loop. And so... We're seeing that God begins, once they come into the land, God begins to speak. But when he speaks, it throws them for a loop because he speaks with such power and thunder. And it scared them because what they knew about gods is gods don't talk to humans. What they knew about the Egyptian gods is you got to get to talk to them, but they don't talk back to you. But in this case, they heard God talking, but he talked out of the darkness. And it was a darkness that drew them in because they begin to understand this is a God that speaks to humans. And so it's a possibility that God will speak even in the darkness. It's a possibility he'll speak in such a way that it actually draws you in in the darkness because you begin to understand can't nobody speak to me to get me out of this but God. And so even though it's dark and I should be running away, I find myself drawn closer to you. I I need to submit this to you, Deliverance Temple. There are certain seasons in your life that actually draw you to God when you feel like you should be running away. I'm so nervous and confused with what I'm dealing with that I'm going to leave God. I'm going to leave church. I'm going to quit, but you find yourself drawn closer in. The darkness is actually drawing you in and you'll find out God will speak in the middle of the darkness. And one of the things I've learned that he'll speak in the middle of the darkness many times, it's not all that deep. It's not all that revolutionary, but it'll change your life. Sometimes he says stuff like this, I still got you. Just a few, I still got you. That's only four words. But sometimes those four words will do something to your psyche. Because you'll ask God, it don't feel like you still got me. It feels like I'm going to lose my mind. It feel like my life is over and somehow even in the darkness you still hear I still got you 
And before you know it, you start trusting that God got you. You start doing things and acting in ways that prove that God got you. And people look at you and they say, how are you so strong? And you want to say, I don't know. But what has happened is he spoke to you even in the middle of the darkness. And you're crazy enough to believe God still got me. Well, how does it happen? I don't know, but I somehow I feel he got me. Even in this, he he got me. He 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 not only does he got me, he got this and and he got that. And so I'm just showing up because he got me. No, you're showing up because you're so strong. No, baby, you don't understand. It's not my strength that got me here. It's my weakness that got me here. But even in my weakness, the Bible says his grace is sufficient even when I'm weak. And so I'm just going to say like God said, he got me. I, I don't know how, but he got me. I don't know where, but he got me. I don't know when, but he got me. It's something about this darkness that is still speaking to me, even in the darkness. So let's, let's move on further. Let's put up point number three. So God communicated with darkness. So even in the darkness, God communicates or communicate depending on where you are. If you're on the other side of the darkness, sometimes you can look and you can remind yourself that actually God was communicating to me. He, he, he was actually talking to me when I didn't know he was talking to me. And that's why I ended up on the other side. I told you last week how I went through a season of a what about me. And it was like a dark season. But somehow I came on the other side better than I was when I went in it. Because God communicated even in my darkness. All right. So I, I want to go further and see about Joshua 24, 6 and 7. Verse 6. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioteers. All right. Verse 7. When your ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very own eyes, you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. All right, so we're going to pull up point number four, and then I'll stop and talk about it for just a second. God created the darkness. So not only does he control the darkness, not only does he, let me back up and make sure I got them all, not only does he control the darkness, not only can he cover with darkness and communicate with darkness, he actually created darkness. And so remember, we're going all the way back to the beginning. And so Satan has perverted the darkness, but God created it. So if God created it, what did he create it for? So before we've seen how God would cover the enemy's darkness with a greater darkness. But then there's times where he just shows up and throws darkness in the way so the enemy can't even get close. See, the other things we've been talking about is when the enemy actually has gotten close enough to you to make things around you dark and God speaks to you in it. He controls you. He covers it. He figures it out of way. In other words, he repurposes it. But there's other times that he just creates it. In other words, uh, the, the old saints used to say it this way. He keeps us from danger seen and unseen. There's some stuff that you never saw that the devil tried to do. See, we get frustrated with only the stuff that we know about. But there's a whole lot of things that you don't know about that you were protected from, but it was so dark you never knew. In other words, he did it while you were sleeping. He did it while sometimes while you was drunk, he did it. 
He did it sometimes while you was high. He did it. He did it when you wasn't even thinking about God. All of us who are here now, we weren't always thinking about God all the time. But there were some times when we didn't have him on our mind, but he had us on his mind. And he darkened the way. Let, 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 me, let me pause and say it to you like this. Some of y'all ought to thank God you didn't get with everybody in your little black book. All the exes that you wanted and all the people you thought was cute. It's God blocked some of that stuff and you don't know nothing about it. You thought that the person didn't ever think you were cute, but you didn't know how bad they wanted you and how bad they would have messed you up. But God through darkness and somehow it didn't work out and it didn't connect up. And it's not until you're older that you're able to thank God for stuff that didn't happen. Thank God for some folk you didn't run into. Thank God for some jobs you didn't take. Thank God for some food you didn't eat. Thank God for some trips you didn't take. Because God blinded you from some stuff because he's just that good. He created some darkness just for you and you don't always know about it. I'm grateful for my mama now. More grateful now. Than I was when I was growing up. Because I love my mama. But my mama a little bit nosy. She got a nosy anointing. And you couldn't sneak stuff through. You can sneak stuff by. And, and there were some girls that I wanted to be with. And she was like, she ain't the one for you. How do you know? You don't like girls. I like girls. How you know, but somehow mama knew because later in life, 25 years later, that same girl don't have all the teeth in her mouth that my wife has. They, mama knew what I didn't know. Thank God for God blocking some stuff with darkness. Yeah. Thank God for God getting in the way. Thank God. For God changing us and stuff. And I, I just have the mic. But you can testify. I'm glad for what God blocked. For what God stopped. That he created darkness for me. Stuff that you could have done, should have done, would have done. But God created darkness. And so God controls the darkness. He covers darkness. He communicates with darkness. And he even creates the darkness as need be. And we can great, we're grateful for that. So let's switch. We were just going all Old Testament. So let's switch and let's go to the New Testament. I'm going to do something very similar we did with Genesis because John starts very similar to how Genesis started. So let's look at John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. So when we first talked about the beginning, one of the things that we didn't see until we get to John, that the Bible says that in the beginning, that the God already existed. The word already existed in that beginning. It was already there. Even though darkness was there, like we showed you, God was there, but it also tells us the word was there. So let's look at verse 2. He existed in the beginning with God. Verse 3. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. So that means Jesus, the son was with the Father in the full creation process. He was the Word. So nothing was created without the agency of Jesus, the Word. So that even means what we just talked about. It means there was no darkness created that Jesus didn't know about. All right? So what does that also mean? It means that if you were able to somehow pierce through the dark, so let's, let's go back to the testimony I was just talking about. Not all of us allow God to block stuff. God blocked it and we pressed our way on in. God told us no and we said yes. God tried to stop it and we found another way to get it. It's amazing how superhuman we can get when we want what we want. 
But because Jesus was there when the darkness was created, he knows what God was trying to block from you. And so even when you press your way through, because Jesus was there, Jesus had already made up in his mind, if I got to die for them when they do what they shouldn't have done, I'll come in and rescue them anyhow. So God will try to block it. And if you're dumb enough to go over what God blocked, Jesus is great enough to save you anyhow and love you anyhow and rescue you anyhow. And the truth of the matter is some stuff God blocked and stopped and some stuff Andre still did. But somehow God rescued me anyhow. Let's look at verse four. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. So because of the life of Jesus, even though Jesus had to sacrifice his life, he had to sacrifice his life to produce life, but the life produced light. And if if, if I was our bishop, he always said it like this. He said the L-I-F-E produced the L-I-G-H-T. So the life of God that was in Christ Jesus, it produced the light. So even if darkness is still trying to persist beyond all that, there is life and light through Jesus Christ. Let's look at verse 5 to explain what the light does. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Mm, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. So if light and darkness have to battle each other, the light is going to win because it's not any kind of light. It's not your flashlight light. It's not your light bulb light, but it's the L-I-F-E of the C-H-R-I-S-T. It's the life of Christ. And because the life of Christ is resonating, it's not just any life. It's a life that went to the cross. It's a life that went to the tomb. It's a life that came up out the ground. It's a life with power. And I don't care how dark things are and how dark things are getting. The reason why you don't have to quit in the middle of the movie because the L-I-F-E of the C-H-R-I-S-T will overcome any darkness that you may be facing. Now here's something that you do need to understand though. Uh, let, Let me do it really quick. I've done it before but let me do it again. I'm about to turn my flashlight on right now. You, Some of y'all can see the flashlight, but it's a minuscule light. And the reason why it's a minuscule light, because the only way light really shows up is it has to be dark. And so if God through Jesus is life and light, you often don't know how life giving his light is until darkness shows up. So if darkness never shows up, you won't see how powerful the light is. See, this light is in this phone all the time. It's basically in the phone 24-7. It's just not until it gets dark that I understand how powerful the light is until it gets dark. But the darker it gets, the more valuable the little light is. Let me say it this way. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And it don't look like it's shining when everything's going right. It don't look like it's shining when all the bills are paid. It don't look like it's shining when the marriage is perfect. But when life takes a turn and hell is thrown at you, that's when you find out how much light you got. That's when you find out how much life you've got. And we've been through hell and we've been through darkness. But one thing I can say, my little light is sure enough shining because my light is greater than the darkness. It's not a big light. It's not a fancy light, but it's a light. Let the power go out. You find out. That's a bit, that's a bad light. See, that candle in your bathroom that you only use for your bathtub to relax, it's not that special until the electricity go out. 
then you find out I can warm myself by this light. I, I can, I can, if I need to, I can heat up my Twinkie in this light. I can make sure I got something with this light. The light, you don't know how good it is until it really gets dark. And what I need you to understand, the world out there, they're not thinking about us, but this world is increasingly getting darker and darker and darker and darker. And there's some folk out there that are making up in their mind, I'm coming to the light. You ain't got to invite me. You ain't got to beg me. You ain't got to drag me. It's so dark. I am finding my way to the light. And all I need y'all to understand, I need you to shine, Jesus. Shine. As we ended last week, I told you that my preaching is designed to make you guys just be the light. And attract people to the light. So let's bring up point number five. Almost finished. Point number five is this. God cancels the darkness. So if it's a darkness that he didn't create, he'll cancel it. If it's a darkness that was not from God, he'll cancel it. But he may not cancel it right away. He may not eradicate it right away. He may allow the light in you. And the life in you to shine forth. When, when, when we do what we call the sinner's prayer or get saved, we normally ask this, Jesus, come into my heart. And so, in other words, we need the light and the life of God to now reside on the inside of us so that we can be the light that we need to be. We can be the beacon hope of light that radiates and that draws. And so, would you put this phrase up? If it's a darkness God didn't control, cover with, communicate with, create or cancel, know this. And I got one more thing for you guys to know that we're at the last one. So know this. And they're going to put that, put it up there and just keep it up there. If it's a darkness God didn't control, cover with, communicate with, create, or cancel. Know this. If it's a darkness and you're still dealing with it, know this. God cares about the darkness. So if you're listening to me and you say, well, pastor, God ain't done nothing with my darkness. I need you to know he still cares about the darkness. Maybe he hasn't moved yet in the darkness, but don't assume he doesn't care about the darkness. And maybe he moved for Donald's darkness, but hasn't moved for your darkness. But I don't want you to be tricked to believe he doesn't care about the darkness. You, you, you have to understand the way God operates and the way God moves is different for different people. Different strokes for different folks. And so you may be a person where the darkness is different for you. It may be thicker than anybody else's darkness. You may be in something that nobody else can actually articulate and understand. And the only thing I can tell you is I know a God who still cares even about the darkness. Well, 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 Pastor, what if it's a darkness that I haven't told anybody about? Nobody knows about it. I'm here to let you know God still cares about your personal, individual darkness. And the reason why you are here is so that God can shine a light into your personal darkness. See, it's different when it's a personal darkness. It feels different because it, it, it's, it hits me in a way that I can't really describe. Have you ever been to something that's so challenging that you wish you could tell somebody how you feel, but you don't even know how you feel? I, I, I would tell you, but I can't describe it because it's past my own feelings, but I know it's personal. In other words, I feel it, but I can't even talk about it. I feel it. But I, I can't even tell my spouse because I can't even spit it out. I feel it, but I can't even tell my therapist. I feel it, but I can't even talk to God about it. It's so heavy, it, I can't even articulate it. And I'm here just to let you know, God still cares. Yeah. Well, somebody will say, well, if he cares 
I wouldn't be in it. Well, yes, that's what it seems like. But somehow you're in it. And God told me to tell you he still cares. And when we think of the word care, we miss what the word actually means. Because it comes from the same word that means carry. And so you're going to find out that not only does he care, but he will actually carry. He will actually lift you up in the middle of your darkness. I, I can't promise you how he going to do it, but I can just promise you that he will do it because he's a God that cares. He's, he's a God that lifts. And so maybe, he, maybe you are, like I said before, maybe you're just in the first part of the movie. Maybe the climax hasn't come yet. Maybe the credits haven't rolled yet. And somewhere the story is about to change in your favor. And God's going to carry you to where you need to be. All right. Let's let's look at, uh, and let me add this. Some movies are long movies. The Titanic was a long movie. Some are movies and some are commercials. I want God to deliver me in the commercial. But sometimes he's delivered me in a movie. Sometimes he delivered me in a Netflix series. It's been more. You, you ever uh, pull up Netflix and you're trying to watch a movie and you see something that you like. And then you realize, oh, this is a series. I got to invest some time. This ain't going to be just watch it and get everything you want. It's a series. Well, well, some stuff in your life is not a commercial. It's not a movie. It's a series. But some of the best series, they still end, out, end up the way you want them to end up. You just got to keep on watching. And here I am as your pastor and the shepherd of the flock. And I'm still watching and I still believe God got a good plan for your life even still. I, I still believe God going to carry you through the end. I still believe it. Still believe it. All right, let's, let's close with these uh, five verses. Luke 1, 67 says this. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. So I said we were going to do some jumping around. And so this seems like a major jump, but there's actually there's a connection. So where we stop in John 1, if you read the next few verses from where we stopped, I believe we stopped at verse 5. You read 6, it says there was a man whose name was John. It's talking about John the Baptist. And it says he wasn't the light, but he was to testify of the light. And so now I'm going backwards and going to Luke because John comes after Luke. But I'm going backwards. And I'm talking about Luke. And I'm coming to the story where John the Baptist had finally showed up. And his father, Zechariah, had been muted. He had been what we call on hush mouth. He couldn't talk because uh, his Wife said, the angel said, we're supposed to name him John. And Zechariah was like, no, nah, we should name him Zechariah. And there was, and the next thing you know, God put him on hush mouth and he couldn't talk. And so finally, when the baby was born and Elizabeth said, it's going to be Zechariah. And then, uh, I mean, excuse me, it was going to be John and not Zechariah. Zechariah concurred and then his mouth opened. And then he begins to prophesy over his son. And this is where we pick it up. And so I'll read it again. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he gave this prophecy. And so let's look at verse 76. Would you read that? And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High. Because you will prepare the way for the Lord. So it's a possibility that some of the darkness that you are experiencing is because you're actually preparing the way for the Lord. Now, in John's case, he was preparing the way for Jesus to show up and do his earthly ministry. But we do know there is a second coming of the Lord. And we have to usher in that second coming of the Lord. And it's a possibility some of the junk we go through is because of who we are announcing back. Let's, let's look at verse 77. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. You will tell all the wicked folk how they're going straight to hell. No, that ain't what the Bible says. Actually, the job is to tell people how to find salvation 
to the forgiveness of their sins. So it's a possibility the reason why things are so dark is because you have the key to tell people that they can be saved and they can be forgiven. Whenever people tell me that I would come to church, but I, if I did come to church, a lightning would strike the church if I come because they believe they're so sinful that the church is not for them. But the truth of the matter is they're so sinful, the church is a special place for them because it's the place where they can get their sins forgiven. But they don't know that because they're confused by the darkness. And so when you step in to help people, guess what happens? You get hit with the darkness. Let's look at verse 78. This is specific, though. I want to hear this. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. Zechariah prophesied to his son and over all those that heard, but I hear this as a word for deliverance temple. So I'm going to say it again. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. It's dark and it's been dark for a while. But the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. All of us. The us's that are really connected. There's some people who say they're part of the ministry, but they're not really a part of the ministry. I'm talking about those who are really, really connected. The morning light is about to break upon us. And let's look at verse 79. To give light to those who sit in darkness. Hold on. To give light to those who sit in darkness. See, some of y'all have just been touched with darkness. Some of y'all have just experienced darkness. And there's others of us, it's been so hard, we've had to sit in darkness. I can't move through this. I can't think through this. I can't breathe through this. I can't function through this. I've had to sit in it. It stopped me in my track. But here's a prophecy I got for you. The morning light is going to come to all those who've been sitting in darkness. And Deliverance Temple, we've been sitting in darkness. We've tried our best to do our best to be what we can for the community and life just keeps hitting us and just keeps pushing us and just keeps bothering us and just keeps stopping us. We can't seem to move forward. But I hear to prophetically tell you like Zechariah told over his son to the congregation that the to give light to those who sit in darkness and read Read some more, Mother Mitchell. Read it in its entirety. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. To those of us who've been sitting in darkness, all of us, because of the shadow of death, because of the junk we've had to face and deal with, God's bringing the light to us, for us, but to guide us to a path of peace. To turn our mourning into dancing. To give us the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. The movie just got started for Deliverance Temple. I, 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 I'm afraid of everybody who walked out at the wrong time. I'm afraid of everybody who went to the bathroom at the wrong time. I'm afraid of everybody who refilled their popcorn at the wrong, wrong time. But all those who are watching and looking, it's our time to shine. Yes. Bring us to a pathway of peace. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Somebody say this with me. Say, my darkness is not the end of the story. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Say it again. My darkness is not the end of the story. Your glory in my life is the end of my story. Come on, put your hands together this morning. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father God, as this word jumped out to me this morning, and as we went through the scriptures and we into that place, that you would shine the light to those of us who are sitting in darkness, and you would bring us to a path of peace. And God, we are expecting that peace, looking for that peace, hoping for that peace, 
and believing for that peace. And God let us live long enough to see the peace of God in our lives and see the turnaround in our lives. And let us make up in our mind that in the process, we'll preach salvation and we'll preach the forgiveness of sins to everybody we come across, whether we do it openly with our mouths or just with our lives. But we want people to know the God that we serve. And for that, we praise you and we love you and we honor you and let the people say, Amen.